and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live World One. Your inside look into combat sports. You know what? As long as she fights at 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. But I want to start getting paid. I want to start making heavyweight money. Pedro Fernandez. You know, I'm just excited. Uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night. You know me, Pedro. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California, check it, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated but never duplicated, welcome to the longest running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, my name is Pedro Fernandez, knocking out all bumps now for 37 years. For the next few hours, I hope to entertain you, piss you off, and maybe inform you as well. Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or get this, the guilt-free, no-commitment text like you text us here in the studio. 415-275-1613. The studio text line, once again, 415-275-1613. We'll hear from the victorious Gervonta Davis, a knockout winner over Leo Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz was game, but he was outmashing. Man, the guy was just too much. That one left uppercut band was all over. Straight up, Gervonta Davis, a knockout winner last night. Anderson Silva, the UFC legend. Well, he's retired. We'll hear from him as well. The Godfather, Larry Merchant, should be here in a few minutes. Straight up, the HBO Godfather will be here in hour number two. I'm going to take you back in time to a boxing hero. Wasn't the greatest boxer in the entire world, but Keith McMurray was a hero. And I'll go into that in depth. I'll, he went to China with us. We'll have all kinds of good stories about Keith McMurray. That'll come in hour number two. So lots of surprises for hour number two. Hour number one, straight up, we're talking boxing, MMA, open phone lines all around the planet. Once again, one 800 878 one 878 Get this, the guilt-free, The boxing weekend was Gervonta Davis, the tank he rolled. <laughs> Larry Merchant is on the line, of course, coming to us from Southern California. We'll get to him in just a second. Straight up, the Godfather's on hold. But the tank rolled last night, of course. Olek Usek, he sort of sputtered. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the hour. But straight up, Gervonta Davis, the winner last night, of course. TKO winner, actually a KO winner, man. I mean, you can't knock nobody out. More cleaner than that one. Uppercut, 24 no, 23 KOs. A real six-round knockout over Leo uh, de Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz came in game. He won the first two rounds. I was listening to the Mexican broadcast, and they were excited. They were really excited. And then you, as the fight sort of progressed, you could hear their their excitement begin to wane. But straight up, now still undefeated, 24 no, 23 KOs. Here is Javante Davis. Were you worried when you – because you knew when you connected, you knew you walked off, you knew you, you'd hit that punch where it knocked him out. But were you worried – he did uh, stay on the ground for a little bit longer. Yeah, so once I hit him, when I hit him, I seen that how he was falling, 
and then I returned because I knew he was out. But once I seen when I was on the rope and I've seen that I turned back around, see he was on the ground. That's when I like I, I like went to a different mode. Like damn, like is he okay? Type stuff. So, I'm glad he's okay. Go ahead, Jake. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Gonna get another chair up there. Tank, it was a phenomenal fight, start to finish. Walk me through the fight. Uh, I want to say the first, the first couple of rounds, I was still, I was, I was, uh, I was a little cold. I want to say because it was shots that he, he he touched me with that I ain't supposed to get touched with. But um, I start warming up. I start, I start settling down. I start listening to uh, uh, Floyd, my coach. And things like that. So uh, that's basically that's basically what uh, happened. Once I start settling down, you know, once you it's a lot of pressure. So you wanna you wanna get off and things like that. So I looked at Floyd and Floyd was telling me like, just calm down. Like we gonna we gonna get him. You know, he always told me like uh, we're a twelve round fighter. So, but me, I'm so anxious. So once I get in there, I'll be trying to get at him. You know, so, but it's all about learning. I'm, not, I'm learning how to slow down, slow my pace down through the rounds and things like that. Uh, so, I want to say the first round uh, going out there, you know, I threw my jab. And then I seen that he was trying to, he was trying to, uh, once I jab, he had try to counter me. So, if I throw a jab, he had throw a, he had throw a jab, uh, right hand jab. So, I knew he was coming with more than one punch. That's why, as you, as I would get farther in the rounds, once I throw my punch, I will get out the way. You know, it was just little adjustments and things like that. Just again, uh, Floyd telling me settle down and just I'm gonna get to him. And then once I start going to his body, you know, it's it just little adjustments that you gotta make to break a uh, opponent down. And I think I was breaking him down uh, leading to like the fourth, fifth round. But he was like, he, he, you know, how your body is telling you, you. You you can't do it, but your mind is telling you like you can do it. That's well, what he. They don't know that. They, not, they don't yeah. know that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's that's how he was. I I knew that he was a fighter. Uh, he had a lot of heart because his mind was telling him like, keep pushing. Did you did you see the uppercut? Did you talk about it with coach beforehand, thinking that would be there, or is that something that came during the rounds? Uh, it just me adapting to you know um, was. We definitely worked on it, but it's me um, adapted to, you know, the right time and things like that. You can see, like, I, I didn't shy away from the uppercut. Once he kept, he kept coming in, but he was blocking that first. So, uh, and then sometimes I would not throw the uppercut and I would come around. Mm. You know, and that, that was the shots I was catching with, but it was just me adjusting to him. Javante Davis still undefeated, 24-0, 23 kills. Very impressive, no doubt about that last night. Now, we bring in the retired HBO godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant. And, Larry, how are you this, uh, this morning, sir? Well, I'm uh, an empty vessel willing to be filled about the fight. Um, I have a question for you. Why was neither fighter ranked by Ring Magazine? Because Oscar runs Ring Magazine, and he doesn't have either fight. No, I've never seen it. Now, look, there have been plenty of guys <laughs> his, who were his opponents, his torturers, whatever. Yeah. But I've, ne- I, I've never seen them sully the rankings. Well, I can't I, I... figure out why these two guys are. Is, is there something to do with the titles they have or don't have or who they fought or haven't fought? I, I'm, I'm just curious, that's all. Well, I was I always think Davis is a very good young fighter. Yeah. 
um, um, I thought it was a cinch that he was going to win by a knockout, and I didn't watch the fight for that reason. Um, but, okay, here we are. I mean, why why don't they talk about Davis fighting Lopez or Davis fighting Ryan Garcia? I mean, those are serious fighters. Um, and... Uh, those are fights I'd pay money to see. Ryan Garcia's got a date with Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell only lost a decision to Lomachenko, I think, so he's game. There's no doubt about that. That's going to go down uh, December the 5th, I think, on zone. So he's busy, um, and he wants to do things. He's willing to fight Tank Davis. Tank Davis says he's willing to fight him. But then again, we have these promotional issues, you know, and you would think that in the old days, the South and the North, I mean, that's how bitter sometimes the... Uh, the Civil War was between Bob Arum and Don King, the, like, the, like the Civil War. Um, they got together. They got together and they made money together when they had to. These when guys, they had to and they both could make money uh, for the right fight at the right time, et cetera and so forth, and everybody walked away happy, even the loser. That's fine. I get it. Uh, but but uh, the two f- opponents that I just mentioned would galvanize fans and both fighters would make money. One of the things I'm getting at here, uh, Pedro, is that um, who is Davis's uh, promoter? Mr. Al Heyman and Floyd Mayweather. Okay, tell me, how did Mayweather fight his career? Fighting guys like uh, that couldn't punch and avoiding the, the top tough guys and that kind of good stuff. I thought, listen, I'll say that's it again. A, that's how they're moving this guy. And, uh, I mean, this fight was a non Two rounds doesn't make a fight. True. It was a bigger, younger opponent, again, beating this, the uh, older, smaller, older guy. smaller guy, just as we saw. With Lopez and Lobinchenko. Um, hey, this division has tremendous potential. And, uh, I want to see the best fight the best. You know, and, and, and the guy stepping up to 135 pounds, I, I don't think Leo Santa Cruz really, or fighting this guy from 135 pounds to 130 pounds, I don't think Leo Santa Cruz had much of a choice because he isn't a big draw. There weren't any big fights out there for him, and he's got to make some money. I mean, you can't go I'm not the, questioning why he fought no. Davis. I'm questioning why, when are they going to put Davis in against a really serious opponent? That's all I'm saying. No. I don't know who the fighters are. The, the best fighters he has fought and beaten, but I'm waiting him, waiting him for him to fight somebody who is a serious fighter. Okay. Oleg Usyk stuttered a little bit yesterday against Derek Dzor a little early on. The journeyman Derek Dzor ended up losing a decision. And one judge had a 117-111. The other judge had a 115-113. I thought it was a real close fight. But here's a guy that's way long in the tooth. And given so-called the heavyweight rage, the Charles Manson, the heavyweight division, he gave him a lot of troubles. Oleg Usyk doesn't look like he can hang with the big boys after what I saw yesterday. Um, well, it wouldn't be a surprise because... the. The big boys in the modern boxing are really big boys. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, Usyk would have had the size to fight many heavyweight champions in the past, but uh, not anymore.
No doubt about that. The Godfather sticks around. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Channel 211. Heavy down in misery. With Pedro Fernandez. Boxing in Las Vegas last night, Nanoa Inoy, the WB and IBF 118 pound champion, knocked out a guy from uh, Australia by the name of Maloney, a 10 to 1 underdog, in the seventh round, remains undefeated, 20 0, 17 KOs, a 118 pound rage from, uh, wow, from across the pond. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Now I'm going to switch gears just a little bit with Mary Merchant. The retired HBO Godfather is online from his lair in Southern California. And I want to ask you a question, Larry. How come the Boston Celtics can beat the, L- can beat the LA Lakers in the Boston Garden by 10 points and then come out to the forum and lose to them? It's the same team. They're both the same teams. Why is the hometown court, uh, why is the home court advantage so important in all sports? Well, um, First of all, let's, let's remember that in in baseball, uh, the teams at the bottom of the, the divisions win win um, two out of five mm-hmm. of their games, which means they're going to beat everybody. And the, the people at the top win win on average three out of five games. So the difference is winning. One one game difference mm-hmm. overall. It's similar in all sports. Any good professional teams uh, sometimes get beaten by lesser teams uh, for for various reasons: injuries, uh, matchups, um, and so on. But the hometown edge is is partly about emotions. If you look up the odds, why are the odds so different? By Often by several points, whether a team is home or on the road. Because over long experience, the odds makers know that it matters by a few points. Um, and the emotions of the players wanting to bend, defend their home turf uh the crowd helping them uh little minuscule factors uh on how they see the basket or whatever other factors involved in 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 playing at at home where you're familiar with various um, physical things mm-hmm. as well as the emotions of the crowd. So, you know, look, I always think that if a, if a hometown fighter, the difference between fighting at home and on the road is that the close rounds mm-hmm. uh, often will go to the hometown fighter. Yeah, well, I, whether I, it's the 
Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, sir. Go, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Whether it's, I mean, there have been uh, studies done on how officials react for the in favor of hometown teams, um, and whether they want the approval of the crowd or they don't want the disapproval of the crowd, sometimes that that can factor in to a game. You know what's funny is as a boxer, it, it, it was more pressure for me to fight at home than it was to fight in Modesto and Turlock and Fresno and places like that because the phone wasn't ringing and people weren't bugging you and this and that. So I thought it was easier, but I did, but I did have to win rounds big. I mean, I had to bust guys up in order to win fights down there in the valley. It's just the way it was. Uh, luckily for me, they were less—they were of lesser ability than I was. So for the most part. But the bottom line is, yikes! If you didn't those those close rounds, I remember sitting there sweating a couple of times, letting it go to the decision, saying to myself, "Did I do enough? Did I do enough?" And I knew I did enough normally, but you do enough in the other guy's hometown. That's the question. Well, that is the question. Um. And it's a nat- there are natural human emotions involved in much of this. Also, there could be um, judges swayed by the hometown fighter and the, the res- response of the fans to a fight, um, which can also help the fighters themselves. Uh, do do more at home than than on the road. You know, it's funny to talk about the crowd. Is that I've never the I was, the crowd was never part of me. In other words, once the bell rang, God, the nerves were over. It was done. But um, how can I put this? Sometimes, yeah, when I went down there, to, I went down to the National, went to the National Golden Gloves, went down there and fought, and fought a guy by the name of Ernie Chavez. Anyway, he ended up smoking me. But the bottom line was, I learned a lot that night, and I learned that those guys that I beat up in the valley, you know, those welterweights that I beat up in the valley when I was weighing 142 pounds, they were not of national rank. So the bottom line is, I learned the hard way, Godfather. Well, maybe <laughs> sometimes that's the best way. <laughs> I went back to 139 pounds junior welterweight. Now, we have some heavyweight matchups coming up. Cooper Pulov and Anthony Joshua. There's no challenge there, is there? Or except maybe that Joshua's chin is soft and he can get cracked again? Possibly. I mean, Pulov is a pretty good old fighter um, who's fought the best guys. Um, you know, um, I would be rooting for Joshua because I want to see him um, fight the big the big boys. Um, but it's a fair uh, fight in in terms of waiting waiting in line to uh, to get the to get a big shot again. Okay, is the big shot and the big shot is does the big shot have to have a crowd? Well, you would hope it does if it's a significant fight, and you know, and and, and certainly uh, Joshua. Had a a very big uh, supporting base in Britain, and um, I've had friends who've been over there during his fights, and they would go to pubs, and the fight would be on, and it would be raucous and and a party and so forth. So he's a big fan favorite over there, and everybody would love to see him fight the winner of the next 
um, while their fury fight. So, so, so you think that's going to happen? The third fight, huh? Um, I can't think of a reason that it won't. You know, I, 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 then it must be a cash out type of ty- type of thing for Deontay Wilder because after losing all but a couple of seconds of eighteen rounds, I can't see him turning the tide the other way. Um. Well. A puncher has a puncher's chance. This is true. And uh, he'll make some money while he's at it okay. or trying. Vasil Lomachenko was complaining this week, saying that De Lopez was a little bit too big for him, a little too strong for him, this and that. I mean, he's a, he's a lightweight now. you think he's giving indications that he's going to go back down and wait to 130? You know, Pedro, um, what I'm wondering is whether... He's an old 32. Wow. Uh, having fought 400 amateur fights or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and moving up in weight from featherweight to lightweight. Uh, just the kind of training he does to, to fight in the style he has uh, over over a period of two decades can take a toll. It doesn't mean he can't beat good fighters, but he may not be able to beat good bigger fighters or and and good bigger and younger fighters anymore. Um, I don't know. Uh, Pacquiao came back from a, a shoulder injury that he got that he got in training before he fought Mayweather. Um, maybe. Maybe he can as well. The fight I want to see is Manny Pacquiao and Teofimo Lopez at 140 pounds. Am I dreaming? <laughs> well, if I don't know if, if you know Manny Manny wants to fight where the money is, and I don't know, you know, who that is. Maybe, uh, maybe that MMA guy McGregor. <laughs> um, that's not a fight, but it's a good payday. That's an exhibition, and good luck to him if he wants to fight that kind of a fight. I don't. It's not unusual in, for veteran boxers to try to cash in with, with those kind of stunts, um, and I wouldn't mind if he if if he did it. But if he wants to maintain his ranking still. He's going to have to fight somebody, and uh, I don't know who the best uh, um, box office attraction is. Can you tell me the best box office attraction in the welterweight divisions? I don't think there really is one. Terrence Crawford doesn't draw. Errol Errol Spence isn't exactly the biggest draw in the world. There really isn't too many draws at welterweight, Godfather. Well, there you go. But there are good fighters in that division. It's maybe the most loaded division in in boxing. So, um, yeah, but you need we need personalities, you need image, and you know, I I agree, and none of them have broken through, uh, and maybe that's a story for another time. Good but point. there have been some excellent boxers in in in, 
in the welterweight divisions and right now in the lightweight divisions, and there ought to be some really good matches. The retired HBO godfather Larry Merchant, the wife of Mrs. the husband of Mrs. Patricia Merchant, say hello to the godmother for me. How come I blow that all the time? Um, ask your therapist. Ah, she's rich. She's, my Hebrew therapist has got COVID, so she's on, she's on hope, but she's <laughs> feeling well. Anyway, I love you, Godfather. Take care. So long, Pedro. The great Larry Merchant on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Seconds remains in the fourth round. We use that arm to try to take away the base. Oh, look at the kicks. That's old school Hicks and Gracie style. Oh, he's oh, got the choke. Pat looking to choke out Florian. BJ Pat looking to remain the champion. It is all over. BJ Penn has defeated Teddy Florian. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. That's a sobering thought. Something new from the mighty Tower of Power, baby. The Funky Brothers from Oakland, California, recently, of course, Emilio Castillo, the band leader, celebrating a birthday about two or three weeks ago. Straight up, this is the soul side of town. That's what that song is called. It's uh, at TowerofPower.com. Buy your record, your Tower of Power records at TowerofPower.com. Straight up, last night, the UFC Rock and Roll, of course, brought their act back to New, uh, to Las Vegas. And of course, they got the Apex Center down there, the UFC Training Center. But in the main event, the, the end of an icon. Anderson Silva lost to Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall is not considered the greatest fighter in the entire world. But, you know, Silva comes in like, hmm, he lost 10 times, won almost 40 fights. But, you know, I'm long in the tooth, 45 years old. In the world of mixed martial arts, I explained to Hector Martinez on the phone this morning, you know, I never took those kind of shots. You know, I'm at elbows and forearms. And I, and no, no. I, I just couldn't imagine taking that kind of punishment and the residual effects not being detrimental down the road. I mean, he's 45 years old, and he looked pretty good, and he sounded pretty good in the post-fight interview. We'll get to that in just a minute. But the bottom line is it's the end of the road for Anderson Silva. And Icon, no doubt about that. They called him the spider. I saw him across the pond. I'm talking about the Bay in Oakland, California, 2008, when he took on Chael Sonnen for the defending the middleweight championship. Of course, came close to losing it after losing the first four rounds on the scorecards, came back in the fifth round and stopped Sonnen, I think, on a choke. But the bottom line is Anderson Silva, the spider, has retired. Anderson Silva, thank you for joining us, sir. I appreciate it. Listen, of course, you know, that isn't what you were looking for tonight, but please, you do the talking. Tell me how you are feeling right now. Well, I feel... Um, you know, fighters is fight. You know, when you come inside, you have a ref chance for win and 50-50, you know, and, uh, today Ryan's the best. He's come to win the fight and, uh, I'm enjoying my moment, you know, and sometimes it's very difficult for, um, us to, um, stop you know and uh but today is the the final day and i'm so happy to be here and doing my last show for my fans in here in ufc for ufc family so you've wowed the ufc crowd since 2006 and just given us some of the most memorable performances so that's it you are confirming that is the last time you will compete in a mixed martial arts fight i don't know first i go back home and I go see with my team everything and let's go see, you know, because, uh, it's, it's tough for say, 
is not is my lash or not because this is my air. This is I do for my entire life and do it with my heart. And uh, let's go see, you know. And spoken like a true fighter and a true champion, no doubt. Uh, obviously, a long career. If it is your last, is there one moment that stands out to you as the, the highlight of your career? Wow. I have a different ones, you know. Between me and you, you have the different ones. I have a lot. You know, I have a great memories. And uh, I have uh, the best moments in my life with... Every single opponent I fight here in UFC. I know the feeling, brother. I really do. It was an honor to share the octagon with you. And if we see you, if we don't see you, we all thank you for everything that you have given us inside the octagon. Thank you, Anderson. No, thank you, my friend. Thank you for everything. God bless you and your family. Having lost five out of his last six, it is time for the spider to retire at the age of 45 years old. You got to give him some props. 34 and 11, 23 knockouts, lost four times by knockout, was submitted three times, won twice by submission, won eight decisions, lost four decisions, was never DQ'd, but law, but one, well, I take that, but was DQ'd one time. So the bottom line had one no contest. I mean, he had a legendary career, no doubt about that. And as he rides off in the sunset, and he talked about maybe fighting again, and I just, I cringe, I cringe when I see these guys saying they want to do it one more time, they want to do it one more time, you know, because that one more time, I, I was feeling like the one more time last week. I think I ran on uh, Sunday night or Monday night, I did my road work, this and that, boxed a couple of rounds afterwards, you know, I can usually beat my shadow. Anyway, so I boxed a couple of shadow rounds, I was feeling good, I went home talking all kinds of smack, you should have heard me on the way home talking to myself, you're ready for this, you're ready for that, you're ready for, you feel good. I wasn't feeling that good. The next day I woke up and, you know, 40, 24 hours later when I was running again, it was reality and it was tough. So the bottom line is age sort of got me hip real quick there. And Anderson Silva, you better get hip to the age because, you know, when you get old, you get old. Uriah Hall now 16-3, a journeyman, uh, maybe a, 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 a fringe contender, I think, for the middleweight championship. That's the best way I could put Uriah Hall. And as I said, Mr. Anderson Silva drops to 34 and 11. Now the rest of the card, ho hum, ho hum, ho hum. Uh, Bryce Mitchell beat Andre Feely. It was unanimous, not in the co-feature. That was a featherweight bout at 145. Greg Hardy defeated Maurice Green in a TKO. That was in the second round, 112 in. Of course, that was a heavyweight contest. Outside of that, you know, I mean, the UFC is not offering a whole lot. Not a whole lot of talent here. Sort of like a lot of a lot of quantity, sort of like boxing yesterday. Listen, boxing started at 11 o'clock in the morning. 11 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, boxing started. I was on the air with uh, with uh, the boxing's PhD, of course, Socrates Palmer, that comes to us on Saturdays here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. So when he and I are talking, the Olek Usek card has started on the zone. That was 11 a.m. Now, boxing ended last night at 8.45 p.m. when Tank Davis knocked out Leo Santa Cruz on Showtime pay-per-view, or if you stole the fight, like certain people I know. Uh, 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 oh, and get this, and all in between that, there was a USC fight as well. So there was like... God, hours and almost nine hours of box, ten hours of boxing, and an hour, a couple hours of UFC. The bottom line is, if you are a combat sports fan like Johnny Sig is down there in in uh, Nevada, I know he had like all the TVs out there. He rock and roll. So yeah, it was a good night for if you like quantity. It was a good night. If you like quality, maybe not so much. Anyway, the USC Rock and Roll, their next card, of course, is going to take place in Las Vegas. A main event, the uh, veteran of the USC, Thiago Santos, coming in at 
205 pounds, going to take on Glover Tixeria. I thought Tixeria was a hot underdog a couple of years ago when he, he was about to fight John Jones for the title, but he got lit up like a White House Christmas tree. Andre Arlovsky, I guess a two-time former UFC heavyweight champion, guy with a soft chin. Just can't take it, man. Guy that can punch, that can wrestle, guy can throw you on the ground, the whole nine yards, but you hit him on that chin and baby, it's lights out. Anyway, he's sitting on Tanner, uh, Bozer. So Tanner Bozer and Andre Arlovsky are going to in the co-feature heavyweight. Of course, Ian Hines is in the co-feature there. Outside of that, again, no names. Woman strawweight bout, Claudia Gahea from Brazil. She can fight a little bit. She's a monster. All these little girls come to us from Brazil. Yikes, yikes, yikes. I mean, they've got a little, they've got the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but they've got a little street in them. And they got a little street. It sort of reminds me of black guys from Detroit back in the days when they were coming to us from the Kronk Gym. There was just a little bit of street. That's why these girls, these MMA fighters from from uh, South America, they got a little, just a little bit meaner, a little bit meaner. Little, you know, they sort of take it to sell, except for the exception, of course, Holly Holm now, rock and roll. Give Holly some props. The preacher's daughter, you know, you got to give her some props. Of course, come to us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she had like 40 fights as a as a professional fighter. I think she only lost two when I was there when she was uh, got stopped on a cut in one of those fights. So the bottom line is she was a, 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 a unbelievable professional boxer. And, of course, then she turns to MMA, and she has no MMA experience. I mean, I think when she had her first MMA fight, she had grappled like for three or four weeks practicing before that that was the first time she ever grappled or was on the ground that kind of good stuff so holly wanted to give holly credit but she's 38 years old and the reason why i'm bringing holly up was that somebody from new mexico boxing in new mexico off the facebook page shot me a text to uh mention something about holly home holly Holmes a classy woman both in and uh, both in the ring outside the ring i mean in the octagon outside the octagon the cage whatever you want to call it the bottom line she's a classy young lady but at 38 She's not young in the world of combat sports. And I think that with all the boxing matches, she had close to 40 fights and close to now 15 or 20 MMA fights. I think the residual effects will catch up with her. And I, I, maybe she's not going to have any babies now, but just still a chance. You're 38 years old, baby. Anyway, bottom line is we wish her the very best luck. Of course, I'm talking about the preacher's daughter. I Man, I had fun with her down in New Mexico. It was, you know, Lenny Fresco was her promoter. He promoted her both in boxing and MMA. Of course, he was the guy that thought he would outthink Dana White and take the fight with Misha Tate and not take the rematch with Ronda Rousey. Of course, he went down there to Australia, did Holly Holm, and beat Ronda Rousey in the biggest upset in women's MMA history. I mean, that was like, whoa, you got to be kidding me. But no, I wasn't kidding me. I knew what might happen because, you know, she can fight. I mean, Holly Holm can fight. There's no doubt about it. And Ronda Rousey, we didn't know if she could fight or not. See, in fighting, people say to me, well, she was undefeated. She sure could fight. She was undefeated. No, no, no. When when people say you can fight, it doesn't – how can I put this? Jack Fist told somebody one time back east – I remember what he said to somebody. He was talking about me, and the guy told me a little later. He goes, Jack says you could fight a little. And, and that's so when you can fight a little or you can fight. It means that you can you can take, you can give, you, you know, you can adapt. You, in other words, you, you sort of you sort of ingrain boxing, sort of ingrained in your system, or, or fighting's ingrained in your system. And, and Holly Holm, she was she's just she's a brilliant fighter. I mean, that last fight she had on on uh, on ESPN, I mean, give her props, man. She went over to like to Dubai and lit this girl up for the White House Christmas tree. She just did. So you got to give her all kinds of props. And I didn't think uh, she was supposed to win that fight. I think she was an underdog going into that fight, but guess what? A 2-1 underdog, Holly Holm wins, going away. Now, Khabib, yes, he has retired. Of course, he just engaged fight that took place about a fortnight ago, October 24th, in the aforementioned Dubai, of course, the fight capital of uh, of the Middle East now. Uh, but Khabib has retired now, 20-0, 99-0, call him what you want, never lost a round in the world of MMA. I mean, not that I know of, down there at the American Kickboxing Academy. 
there were, you know, he was throwing Daniel Cormier around when Cormier was 205 pound champion. So what am I trying to tell you? Khabib is a monster, but I don't think he's such a guy that he could fight guys that are bigger than him. I just don't think so. I don't think he's got the, the intestinal fortitude. And people say to me, how can you question his nuts? The reason why I question his intestinal fortitude is the fact that he's fighting guys that he's got a big size advantage over. And I've told you this before, that size only matters in two things in this world. Combat sports and pornography. And since he's laying on top of guys that weigh 15, that he's outweighing by 15 or 20 pounds or more, he has a distinct advantage. And he weighs into the, walks into the octagon at 175 pounds after weighing in at 155 some 24 or 30 hours earlier. That's a significant unfair advantage over him. And then the guy say to me, well, the other guy can gain the weight too. Well, what if the other guy's not a freak? What if the other guy's not a freak and he doesn't need to, doesn't have to put on 35 pounds? I mean, I couldn't put on all that weight after a fight when they weighed me in 139 pounds and I would starve to make 139, maybe come in 38 and a quarter. Um, you know, I'd gain maybe to 143 pounds by the time the fight went down. We'd go in the fight and weigh in the morning and, and fight that night. So I gained three or four pounds, maybe five pounds. There's no need to gain 25 or 30 pounds unless you are using it as a weapon. And that's what I think Khabib does. I think Khabib uses that as an unfair advantage. And I would like to see him fight somebody straight up, like let's weigh in before we get into the octagon or, or let's control his weight or something like that. Because, you know, there's rumors of him coming back against a Canadian icon. I'm talking about Georges St-Pierre, GSP. Of course, GSP, the man, the man, the man, the man. I keep saying the man, of course. When he came back to fight Michael Bisping for the UFC middleweight title, I said to myself, he's going to get ragdolled. He's a welterweight. He's going to get ragdolled. He went in there, and he gangster slapped. He gangster slapped Michael Bisping. He should have been arrested for domestic violence. If they were gay, he would have. That's how bad he beat on Bisping that night. Of course, made me look bad, stopped him inside the distance, became the world middleweight champion, of course, retired. So he's been the world middleweight champion, he's been the world welterweight champion, and of course, Khabib is 155-pound lightweight champion. So where are they going to fight if they do fight? And it appears that there are people saying that you can smell a fight between Khabib and GSP. In fact, Khabib's walk-off, the fact that I'm retiring this net, the only fight that's going to get him back, of course, is a super fight. I'm talking about the only fight that will get him back in action is a super fight. That's it with GSP. Outside of that, he's got nothing left to prove. Besides, I don't want to see him mangling guys anymore. He just lays on top of guys. It's just not fair. Why am I saying that? Imagine some guy laying on top of you and he can't get up. Get off of me. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hello, Blowing up federal buildings because I'm mad at the government. Got the Latinos, did you see that last week right here in LA? Picketing all the networks, you know about this? The Hispanics, the Mexicans, I don't know what the hell to call you this week. <laughs> but the Mexican people were picketing the networks saying that during prime time you will see no Latinos on TV. What are you talking about? You got cops, you got America's Most Wanted. <laughs> Why? You have adventures of the highway patrol, there are shows for everybody. 
If you took the time to check your local listings instead of bitching so much, you'll see the shows for everyone. Not you. There's an Asian guy in the front row. After Margaret Cho, you had your shot. It didn't work out. All right, back to the kitchen. Sorry, pal. Bobby Slayton, no longer appearing on stage because of COVID. I think he's going to try to do some virtual concerts. But the bottom line is he and I have been around each other since 1981. He came out here as a teenager. I kid you not, from New York City. Did the comedy scene here in Northern California. Of course, became king of the Alex Bennett Show. Johnny Taco was part of the Alex Bennett Show. I know a little bit about Johnny Taco. But the bottom line is, man, those were some good days. The beginning of stand-up comedy in the 80s and 90s. Was just The 90s, of course, had peaked here. And now... Going to a club as far as comedy is concerned, it's like a ho-hum type of thing. Because I think TV ruined that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, this is a Sunday edition, 11 a.m. Pacific time. This is hour number one of two. Of course, hour number two, I will bring you a young man who is interesting, I kid you not, in a manner you will find very, very, how can I put this, interesting. And I don't bring too many interesting people on this show. Yes, I do. But the bottom line is this young man, Keith McGurry, has got an interesting background. He spent some time together in China. His father's got a background with Muhammad Ali, so we'll hear from Keith McMurray in hour number two. And I'll also spend some time with a buddy of mine from St. Louis. So we'll spend some time with St. Louis Matt. So straight up, we have some good rapping in hour number two. Of course, we'll go through the entire boxing results. I didn't go through that in hour number one. So we'll go through the entire boxing results for the weekend, of course, and preview next week's fights as well. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hour number one is about to end. Hour number two comes up after the news right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms, including Anchor.com, the podcast. You're tuned to Ring Talk. Stay tuned. Hour number two upcoming after the news. Hey! 